As many of you know, over the last 10 years, I've spent my entire focus on business succession and exit planning. My view is that that is one of the most important things that business owners can get right in order to maximise the return they get from their business. It's not just about making an income on the way through, it's actually about cashing in and getting the benefit of that equity build that you've been working on for so many years. This is even more important for mid-market businesses. Inherently more complicated, there's more people involved, there's often multiple owners, there's often complicated structures, and the finances are much larger with a lot more complexity. And so leaving succession planning until you're 65 years old and ready to retire is just not going to work for any mid-market business. It needs to be done well and it needs to be done early. Hi, I'm Craig West. In this episode of Mid-Market Matters, we're going to be joined by business partner Scott Patterson from Succession Plus, who's going to take us through the five stages that business owners need to work through as they think about exiting their business in the mid-market. We're going to find out the process and the steps that are involved to get things ready and make sure you can successfully exit. Scott, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Craig. I want to start with the important question, why succession planning? Why is this a big issue for business owners? I think it's a massive issue. Um, we're only meeting with with a, a client this morning, as a matter of fact, and we first spoke to him four years ago. He didn't act four years down the track. His health has deteriorated and the business has has deteriorated somewhat. So it's really important to be proactive about this stuff. And is that typical? Are people typically leaving it too long, too late? I think it's like any survey of population. You get leaders who are proactive and take an early stance and are organised. Um, then we've got the bulk of people and we've got people that are that are perhaps laggers and they put these decisions or this process in the too hard basket until some sort of a catalyst happens and they're, and they're forced to act. And sometimes that doesn't always give us their best outcome. Okay, you mentioned the word process there. I'm interested to find out a little bit more about as a mid-market business owner, obviously, we're talking about people that have built up a business, they've got staff and, you know, maybe multiple offices and their business is more complicated. Mm. What's the process they need to go through to get themselves ready for a succession or exit event? Okay. Well, it, I, th- I think that's the key thing. Um, a lot of people think succession planning or succession is an event. Um, they turn up to a meeting and it's and it's resolved and they get a report and away they go. It's actually not like that at all. It's a full process where we have to go through and establish their goals and outcomes, have a really good look at the business from a, a um, analytical point of view, both financial and non-financial, establish some sort of value parameters about that so that when we have those discussions, we're all on the same page and we all know know where we're heading and what we're doing. We then need to go through a process of de-risking both for the individual business owner and also for the business. And from there, we want to work through a process of trying to maximise that value because in that initial report, we inevitably find things that need fixing. We we inevitably find things that we can do and work with the business owner to enhance the value before any sort of transition. Um, A big one of those is businesses are often very reliant on the owner. And if we can remove the, that dependence, then we then we enhance the value. That's just one example. Then we go through some sort of transition event or, or possible sale, or we introduce something like an employee share plan, depending on what their goals and outcomes are. 
You've then got things like tax planning and those sorts of things that we would need to work closely with their accountant and financial planner. And then finally, at the end of the day, we've got to we've got to protect that the, the money that's been extracted from the business and deal with things like estate planning and financial planning for their future. So it really is a process and sometimes it can take quite a period of time to work through all those. So we might go through those five, you sort of mentioned five stages there. We might go through those one by one and just explain a little bit about what actually happens there and why it's an important part of the process. So the first one, I think you talked about, you know, doing a big fact find, finding out exactly what's going on in the business. Mm. Tell, yes. me, tell me more about how that works. What does that look like? Okay. Well, the, the, that's both at, a, at a, a business and an individual level. So we need to know what the goals are for the business owner, what they're wanting to achieve, what they're wanting to achieve for the business and their life. Is it just a matter of leaving a legacy uh, or transferring the business to employees or someone in the family, or do they need to extract significant value out of this business to fund their retirement? And every individual business owner has has different goals and different outcomes, and their families will have different expectations around those things. So we need to find out what those things are, and we need to do a full analysis of the business so that when we actually sit down with the, with the business owner to map out a plan, We've, we've actually got all the facts at our fingertips and we can work with them and often work in conjunction with their financial planner and their accountant and generally their lawyer as well because we all need to be on the same page and we need, all need to make sure that we've got all those areas covered. So there's a lot to do in that first stage, Scott, around working out what's going on in the business. We're talking about mid-market businesses and they're inherently complicated. There's a lot more to do there, obviously, than most small businesses looking to get ready to sell. Hmm. Absolutely, Craig. Absolutely. I mean, they'll generally have bigger numbers of employees. There's often multiple owners. A, a smaller business may just have one owner. A, a mid-market business will will have multiple owners. And that there could be two, three, five, 20, depending on the size of business, the type of business that's involved. Um, and then obviously, we've got the interaction of, of um, the different owners and their family. So there can be a level of complexity there that we need to get across. Often also, my, smaller businesses will just have things like one entity, whereas a mid-market business will have multiple entities and, and multiple areas of the business um, often. So we need to make sure we've got all those covered and, and have identified them all and established some sort of value around all those. And the most obvious thing there is if you've got multiple owners, you've probably got different goals. Some people want to sell now, some people want to sell in 10 years' time, some people don't want to sell at all, they want to pass it mm. on to their kids. Mm. Mm. That's going to create some quite difficult scenarios. Absolutely. Absolutely it does. And not only have, they, have the owners got different expectations and different goals, but their families or partners will have um, goals. And even though they may or may not directly be involved, they will be having some influence and having some expectations. So we need to make sure that we, we cover all those issues and meet the, as best we can, meet the goals and outcomes of all the owners. Okay. So we've gone through stage one. We now sort of know what we're dealing with and we've gathered all the information together. Stage two, you said before, is around just de-risking and protecting things. Tell us a bit more about how that works. Okay. Well, often um, in business owners, and, and again, you know, there will be variations between between different owners in, in the same business perhaps, they may or may not have ever spoken to a financial planner. They, they may really not know whether they can afford to retire in the way that they would like to or not. They don't know what it might cost to fund their retirement. So we need to we need to cater for that. Have we covered off? Have they got adequate insurance to cover any unplanned events? You know, in terms because the worst can happen and and does on a regular basis. And then we need to de-risk 
we need to de-risk the owners, but also the business. So that's a separate process, which leads automatically on or, or naturally on from that stage one. So tell me a little bit more about de-risking. It's an interesting concept. Most business owners probably don't spend much time mm. thinking about de-risking. What mm. does that process look like? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, we sit down with businesses and we we build, for the business this is, we sit down and, and build what we call a, a risk register. And then we build policies and procedures and, and strategies around those risks that, that have been identified that, that need management. And, and why is that important? Because if we've been in business for a long time and we're very familiar with our business, we often underestimate and can't really identify those businesses that we that or those risks that we have to engage with and have to deal with. Um, and and until, until we go through a methodical process like this, um, that they often go unspoken or the, any strategies that deal with them are in the owner's head rather than than down on paper and identified so that employees can follow them. Okay, so it's an interesting discipline for business owners to think like that because often they're spending more of their time focused on growing and employing new people and opening new offices, Mm. not pausing and risking and protecting what they've already got, which is what this whole stage is about. Yeah, exactly, exactly. In fact, um, I've had business owners say to me that have built successful businesses that investing in the share market is way more risky than running than the risk associated with their own business. Now, of course, with any objective assessment, that's not the case, but but that's their perception um, because of their experience. So I want to talk about the third stage now, which you mentioned before is maximising value. And in a Mm. mid-market business, that's obviously complicated. There's a lot of different levers you can pull to change the valuation of a business and grow and expand, et cetera. Um, Tell us about, in your experience, the mid-market businesses you've worked with, what are some of the things that you do use to maximise value? When the first thing we do is consider perhaps exit options, and that and and as we've already talked about before, where you've got multiple owners, that can be quite a complex thing, and and the, the, with varying expectations, they will oftentimes, even though they can be a good, decent sized business, may not have a board in place or even an advisory board in place, even though they might have significant number of employees. Sometimes their policies and procedures and the way they manage their employees doesn't cover all the risks that they need to and their their employees may not be engaged. Their marketing strategies may not be, be, be quite unsophisticated, not where they need to be. Then we step through a program and we say, well, okay, can we possibly work with your employees to get them to start thinking like business owners and acting like business owners and understanding what the drivers are within the business that they need to work to achieve a good outcome for everyone? Um, and then we lead into things like employee share plans, which are very applicable for mid-sized businesses, less so for smaller businesses. Some of it sounds like it's not actually exit focused. It's just good business anyway. You know, most businesses, mm. this mm. mid-market size should have a board or at least a board of advisors. They should have some policies and procedures. They should have a marketing strategy. It sounds like some of them don't. Oh, exactly. Uh, in, in fact, the majority don't. 
it's the exception to the rule that where we do this analysis and we find that all those things are in place. And all those things, once introduced, can enhance value and, and make the business much more fun. Um, I had an example of a client, we stepped through some of this process and they said, okay, we don't want to exit now, we want to keep it because it's now fun, it's functioning well, we're getting a good dividend out of it and, and we'd like to keep it. So absolutely, Craig, it's, it's about improving the value and making businesses better. Uh, it's not necessarily all about getting out. So when you talked about exit options, for these larger businesses, we're not talking about, you know, getting a business broker and putting an ad in the paper mm. and hopefully mm. selling it. Mm. There's a lot more complexity to that. What are some of the exit options that you've seen work well? Okay, well, they, they, you can have things like a management buyout. Um, I've already mentioned employee share plans, which can be a gradual process. You know, we've got examples of, of um, where they've been introduced and the whole business ends up being sold into the employee share plan. And, and you know yourself, there's all sorts of data around the performance of, of businesses that have those those things in place and they perform much better. There's trade sales. The the sale of those businesses has to be taken from a strategic point of view, not just not just running an ad and seeing if we can get seeing what sort of interest we can get and and attracting a buyer. The same, nothing like we would go about selling a house. It's quite different. And it sounds like a lot of that preparation work with mid market business is focused around getting that buyer outcome. What is the buyer looking for, and how do we build that into the business beforehand? Mm. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Whether you sell or not, we want our businesses to be attractive to a buyer, um, even if we're keeping it. You don't know. We may then attract a buyer that when, when we weren't actually ready for sale and it might be a consideration that we put on the table. Okay, so that's an important point to understand, that link between what we do to maximise the value of the business is not just about attracting a buyer, but it may also make the business more attractive to the existing owner. Absolutely, absolutely, and and the employees that work there, um, it's more attractive for everyone. And and as I said earlier, it actually becomes fun. And once it becomes fun, generally the business is functioning really well. So when we talk about a mid market business that's functioning really well, at the end of your process, what does that look like when you've got a mid market business that is functioning well? What are the things they naturally do? Or what are the systems they've got in place that work well? Well, they will, they will have all those those processes that we've worked through. Their systems and procedures within the within the organisation will be documented and well organised and followed and understood by everyone in the organisation. Um, they will have things like a board in place. They will have good systems around their employees, and the employees will be happy. If we survey employees and we and we survey customers, if they're all giving us positive feedback, then the chances are the business is is functioning really well. Possibly the last thing we look at is is a set of financial statements, which by their very nature are historical um, and have already happened, and that will be the evidence that these things are actually in place. But the people we need to talk to, obviously, are employees and customers. Once we've done that, you've sort of you've gone through three stages now. The fourth stage in the process that you're talking about then is when we actually extract the value, when we make things happen. Mm. What does that look like in general terms? Okay, well, the process there is, is again, being proactive. I mean, as an ex-accountant in public practice, your biggest nightmare is having a client coming in and saying, by the way, I've sold my business and it's already happened and they haven't got any tax advice and the and as it sits on the table, the, the, the tax outcome isn't necessarily attractive. So it's, it's being proactive about that so that they've actually got some tax advice up front and they know how they stand from a sale point of view. 
We then go through that sale process and there's obviously documentation around that. There's a due diligence process that's got to happen. We get organised and we're prepared for that. And then we've actually got the sale event which happens. And that that sale event can take all sorts of machinations. You know, it can be a, a, a merger. It can be a sale for cash. It can be a script for script rollover into another company. Um, it can be a partial acquisition. Uh, it can be a staged acquisition. So it's not, ne- it's not like going in and, as I said earlier, buying a house, where it's one transaction, one contract that settles on one day. Uh, the sale of a business, at particularly in that mid-market, more complex, bigger area, can take all sorts of machinations and, and, and forms. And so that's why um, you've been talking a lot about the preparation stage, and it seems that that's longer and more complicated than the actual transaction stage. Well, if you get that right, if you do that well, then the transaction stage shouldn't be any more complex than it needs to be. If we haven't done that preparation work well and haven't got the business ready and prepped for sale, then obviously the outcome's not going to be as attractive at sale time. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's a bit like anything really. The preparation and the time leading up to it is just as important as the actual event. Absolutely. So stage five, we've sold our business. We've assumedly received some shares or some cash or some other asset in replacement of owning a business, what happens then? What do we need to do next? Well, often there, and it's not always the case, but often at that point in time, the person selling their business is, is if we'd like, a baby boomer. So therefore, they're going to be at a stage of life where they're not starting their working life again. I mean, they, can't, they, they may be much younger and it's different, but in a lot of cases, that's the age group they're going to fit in. So therefore, their ability to go out and earn and earn and make more money beyond that point can be limited. So their attitude to risk is going to be less aggressive than it might have been at an earlier stage in their life. So we need to, to tailor their investments. And again, this is working with their financial planner uh, and sometimes their accountant as well to make sure that we have that process in place. So again, we're de-risking. Again, we're putting some protection around those assets so that they're not depleted or lost over time, either either by the, the, the um, approach to risk management or by family disputes or anything else. And then finally, we need to also bring in their estate planning, which necessarily would involve their solicitor, um, again, in cooperation uh, with the work that we do and with their accountant and financial planner to make sure we get that process right. You've mentioned accountant, financial planner, lawyer a few times. How important is it to have that collaborative approach with multiple advisors? Oh, it's it's really critical and really helpful. Um, some of the most productive meetings I've had have been where uh, one or more of those people have been involved in the room in a meeting with the client, so that you're getting you're getting ideas and suggestions and strategies from a number of different points of view, uh, which produces the best outcome um, for the for the client. And we had a meeting just, just recently again with a with a new client and their accountant was there, it was involved in employee share plan and the accountant was across what we were talking about, involved in the process um, and the, the client was getting positive feedback and understood exactly where they were going. So it's... If it can be organised, it's really, it's really very helpful and, and, as I said, produces the best outcome uh, for the business owner at the end of the day. And that's largely because of the complexity. We're talking about reasonably complicated mm, businesses mm. and ownership mm. structures, as you said, multiple mm. employees, mm. therefore legal accounting, financial planning and other advisors are all critical path. 
Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's not an indictment on the business owner, but often the business owner, they might have a number of entities, a number of trusts or in the self-managed super fund and companies, and they might necessarily understand the, the linkages between those and how it all works. And by having those key advisors in the room with them, you, you actually simplify the process and make sure we've got a, got a clear understanding of how that all sits and how it works going forward. Okay, so we've covered the five sort of basic stages and obviously there's breakdowns in each of those to make sure people are prepared well for an exit. Before we wrap up, what's your number one tip? What's the most important thing for people to do to get this right? Um, I think <laughs> I think my number one it has to be don't wait for a catalyst to act. That is, don't wait for a health scare or some major event in your life to actually put this stuff in process. Get in early, be proactive, so that when something happens, because we'll all exit our businesses at some point, um, it's just a matter of how and when and being organised so that it's at our choosing, uh, not thrust upon us. So that would be my number one tip. Okay, fantastic. Scott, thanks for joining us. No trouble. Thanks, Craig. And of course, if you want more tools and information to help you with what we've just talked about, head to the Midmarket Matters resources page at midmarketmatters.com.au.